1: You are listening to the 3ND Podcast. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find the podcast at 3 Pod. We are a part of the Grizzly Bear Blues Network of Podcasts. You can find GBB online at SBN Grizzlies and Blues.com. Make sure you check out the other podcasts that we have throughout the week, the Starting Five, the Core Four, and GBB Live. Joining me, as always, is fellow thirty-plus first-time dad of a of a young uh, baby on a late tip. <laughs> ben Hogan, what's up, man?
0: What's going on, man? Welcome back.
1: Yeah, uh, had something come up last week, and Sean Coleman uh, filled in, which we'll talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, thank you, Sean, for uh, for stepping up that last second, and, and Ben, y'all y'all taking it and run with it uh in a pinch uh another late tip though in denver mile high back to back um we're gonna we're recording this before the tip off um because we're old and want to go to bed so we're not gonna wait up till afterwards so before we jump into anything what's your what's your expectations tonight we got a fully healthy roster um for the first time since the i think the opening game in 2019
0: um, I I, I kind of think the Grizzlies take this one. I, I know it's bad to be this confident about it, but you took the same team to two overtimes uh, a week ago. And they're without Will Barton who scored their first 13 points, I believe. Yep. And the Grizzlies are adding Jonas and Jaron. So I don't think Jokic is going to have it as easy. He's not going to be able to dominate like he did. I mean, he's still, he's, he's MVP. Don't get me wrong. He's still going to put up his numbers. He's still going to get his, but I don't think he's going to get forty plus like he did. Uh, I know two overtimes he throw in, but still, I think the Grizzlies are playing really well right now, and I think they're building momentum. They got two big wins in a row against Portland, and I think they're going out for revenge tonight, and I think they're going to take it.
1: Yeah, so they've they have have secured a um, winning road trip uh, with a four and two record currently. Um, so no matter what happens tonight, they went on their longest road trip uh, road trip in franchise history, and they're going to walk away with a winning record. Um, I, I do see. I like the idea of being able to focus Dylan and Winslow and those guys on Michael Porter Jr. and not you know we we're lucky that it's not Jamal Murray and we've got to split our attention on those two you know wings. But you know, like you said, Yoke going to eat. He's going to get his. Uh, I'm not worried about Aaron Gordon with you know, Jaron being back in there. And then, you know, Porter Jr., throw Dylan at him, throw Winslow, throw Kyle, Milton, you know, Milton, he might be a little too small to guard uh, Porter. But I, I agree, even though it's the second night of a back-to-back, I would see maybe, you know, Valentinus getting some limited minutes on the second night of a back-to-back and Tillman getting some run because, you know, Tillman's switchability is great. But Jokic not being as athletic as other bigs, you may not have to do that either, um, so we're. I want to talk about the tweet that you you uh, tweeted today. Uh, as far as the rivalries go, um, you know, going into the season, there was this fan base rivalry between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies on Twitter. There seemed to be a push for the Hawks to be a little bit of a of a rival, um, but just tell us why our new rival is actually the Portland Trailblazers.
0: Oh, uh, sorry, my dog. Uh, well, we talked about this earlier in the year, like, hey, do the Grizzlies have a rival right now? I said no, because I didn't believe it was a lot of the, like you said, Pelicans and Hawks. I didn't think that they were rivals, but in reality, I guess they did. It's the Blazers because you have that uh, kind of history between the teams. This is the team that knocked you out in the play-in game last year. You're both kind of in the same spot in, in the Western Conference. And there's some bad blood between some of the players, too. I mean, of course, it's Dylan and Damian Lillard. And you have a bona fide Grizz killer in CJ McCollum, who we remember, he's the one that, you know, uh, broke Mike Conley's eye. <laughs> like, they, they still have history way back into the grit and grind era with the same, you know, Lillard and McCollum. They've had, they have other new pieces around it. But those two guys were on that team when the Grizzlies took care of business against them. They had LaMarcus Aldridge. And that's what built the rivalries early on in the grit grind era. I just think that, yeah, Ja, Zion, that's a great storyline if you want to do it that way. One, two, you know, one, two pick, rookie of the year. Would Zion have been the rookie of the year if he played all last season? Ja, this, that, you know, that's fine. But these two teams are only going to be battling it out in the regular season because the Pelicans are not good. They're only good when they play the Grizzlies, it seems like. And that doesn't build a rivalry, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those crazy, inexplicable things where the the Pelicans have the record they do, but for some reason just annihilate the Grizzlies when they play. Uh, but if I if I'm wanting to fabricate a a uh, rivalry, I think I'd, I'd rather it be with somebody like the the Blazers that uh, were more on par with uh, as far as talent goes and where the team is headed. Whereas who knows the direction of uh, the Pelicans and it seems like morant really truly loves playing against the blazers um it he goes to a different level when he sees damian Lillard on the other side of the floor um one of the all, one of the like tops or only seven players in the nba history to do what 33 points 13 assists and no turnovers and then um, he goes out you know yesterday and i mean how many ankles did he break yesterday i think the whole team's gonna have to be on ice uh, after that.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess prior to yesterday's game, he was averaging a double-double against the Blazers. He only had eight assists, I believe, yesterday, so that dropped him down to averaging nine assists a game against the Blazers. But still, I mean, that's the team that he 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 thrives against, and that's what you want to see uh, because they're the team that you're battling with right now. I mean, Dallas as well, but. I could see Dallas maybe becoming a, a rival possibly if these two teams continue playing like that. But for right now, I think it is the Blazers and, you know, it, it's fun. Cause I, I mean, I respect Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is an incredible talent. It's fun watching him play. You kind of feel like you're rooting for the Blazers sometimes when they're not playing the Grizzlies because, you know, you, you like, they, you like watching Damian Lillard do what he does and, McCollum he's he's good you know I like watching him play too he's the kind of these are the kind of guys these kind of team you want to root for but unfortunately if you're a Grizzly fan it can be tough because you're competing against them for it for for the playoff spot
1: yeah I agree with you on on Dallas um, I think for the next decade the uh, division title goes through Luca and Ja um, I, I don't I think it's going to be those two com- competing. I don't think Popovich is going to be around too much longer. Um, I don't. I don't know the direction that the uh, Pelicans are going in, and so uh, and the Rockets, like they announced today, that basically they're full on tanking because they're sitting John Wall the rest of the season. Um, so it it is interesting, um, I, but I think it, it definitely is the uh, the Trailblazers. So <clears throat> let's let's talk about the end of that game yesterday, um, the closing minutes and the lineup that he chose to roll with. Um, he's been decent this year at picking lineups that um, are based on who's played the best or the best lineup that has played together. But there is no reason that Grayson Allen should have been in the game um, to close that game yesterday. I mean, he, He took two bad shots. He hadn't been hitting all night. Shouldn't have taken those shots. Had a turnover. Um, I think he had a foul, too. What do you think Jenkins' thinking was on keeping Grayson in over De'Anthony Melton towards the end of the game?
0: Comfortability? I don't know. I mean, it just seems like – I mean, De'Anthony closed the previous game against Portland. I don't understand what 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 he's trying to do there. I don't know. Maybe if he thought the matchup. I, I really don't know. I mean, we've had this conversation multiple times. It's been brought up multiple times. Like Grayson starts, DeAnthony finishes. It, the numbers back it up. Grayson has been really good all season long, but there are some spots in which, you know, people question. People will question Grayson usually when he's closing. And that's because, you know, he starts out really well. He starts games really well. And then other times, you know, it's DeAnthony does better in the second half and closes. So, I, I I don't know what Jenkins was thinking at the time. Maybe he just thought he could he could finish it off that way. I don't know.
1: I mean, it, it clearly worked. We won the game. Um, yeah, yeah. He knocked down, you know, free throws there at the end. So, that was important. Um, but what I, what I don't like, and it seems like you and I had now become like – the uh, defenders or the voices of reason um, for the hysteria that Grizz Twitter becomes after each and every game. Um, And what I saw yesterday, and I know you saw it too, was this um, just narrative that Grayson has been terrible all year long. And we told you so we told you he couldn't play and it always should have been D'Anthony. And why is he still getting minutes? Y'all should have listened to us when we talked about Grayson, just, just pump the brakes. Like, yeah we've all i think most of us that have um paid attention agree that who starts doesn't matter as much as who closes for this team and while jenkins left him out there to close last night nobody agrees with that um everybody's comfortable with grayson starting because of the spacing he provides for jaw early in games the fact that he's like jj reddick and his hot hot starts um but on the night he doesn't have the hot starts and doesn't seem to have the stroke going like he shouldn't play more than 15 minutes. Now, he's always going to play hard. He's going to give you everything he's got. But he has proven without question that he is a good NBA basketball player who belongs in a rotation in the league. Maybe not necessarily a starter, but for what this team is doing this year, it works. And for you to come out and use one really bad performance as your backing is just irresponsible.
0: Well, the fact that you had to wait 59 games to use that saved draft to finally throw that out there says a lot because, I mean, some people have agendas. Like their agenda is, you know, some people on uh, DB Island, you know, they want to deflect. Dylan's had great defensive games against Portland, but he first game he he, he shot well. Last night, not so much. But, you know, it, it just seems like, you know, when somebody else has a bad game, you want to deflect with Grayson or Jonas or, you know, somebody else well, they didn't play well, or that's the reason why the Grizzlies – I mean, you, you, I don't even understand it. The Grizzlies won. Why are so many people nitpicking at stuff when the Grizzlies win? I, I, half the time I check Twitter after a game, after a win, and it seems like they lost because everybody's so negative. Why are you being so negative? They just beat the Portland Trailblazers twice. The team that you're chasing right now, the team right in front of you, you're now a half game back. If you win tonight, you have a, I mean, I guess by Wednesday, if you beat the Blazers Wednesday, you sweep the season series and you jump ahead of them in the standings. Yeah. And yet that's all we want to complain about is because Grayson Allen closed and had a bad game. Sure, that's fine. But, I mean, people have agendas and they want to get it out there to say that they were right. You know, you can be wrong 58 games, but the one game you're right, you're going to be as loud as possible about it.
1: Yeah, and it it seems like. It's the same crowd that after a win still tries to find something like on a loss, there maybe you know, are harping on something else, but it's like when they win, it's the same group of people. that just can't be happy with the win and want to find something else to, I told you so, or this isn't it or whatever. It's just, you know, Joe's our boss and, you know, he, he has not told us to say this, but I think his perspective is the right one. Like, this yeah. season is solely to figure out what we have going forward. If we make the playoffs going forward, then so be it. You don't actively try to not make the playoffs, but you, act, you don't compromise future goals of development and that kind of stuff to pursue the playoffs. Um, he, and he puts it never too high, never too low. And it just seems like people are on roller coasters with this team. And even on top of the rotations and the injuries and all that other stuff, people just forget how young this team is and how important um, just experience is in this league. There's a reason that the, the youngest team in the NBA never wins a title. Like LeBron didn't go right. in and, and win a title until he was, you know, almost a decade in the league. Like it takes time. And it's just, it just—it just seems like there's no patience.
0: No, and I'll—I'll I'll, I'll admit that. Like when Joe says the never too high, never too low, it—you know—it frustrated me sometimes because he would say it after like a bad loss. Like he didn't say it necessarily after the Clippers' loss last week, but that's one of those type of losses that he would say it after. And I'm just like, dude, come on, like yeah, that's a that's bad a, loss.
1: That's a bad loss.
0: But still, I mean, he's right on, on that point, and I mean, if it took you all season to figure out that's what they're doing, resting Jaron Jackson yesterday kind of proved it, you know? It's <laughs> you like, Jaron Jackson comes in, gives you 23 points in 25 minutes on uh, Friday night, yeah, we're going to rest him for uh, injury recovery on Sunday. You know, it looked he looked game ready, he looked game shape, but... That's what they're doing. That's their plan. I imagine that was their plan all along. He could have gone and scored 50 Friday night and he still was gonna rest yesterday.
1: Or or at least one of these two in the back-to-back. And yeah. I guess I they, think they
0: haven't probably scheduled out the rest of the season. I imagine they have. You're resting on this day, you're resting on this day. I bet you the way that they've been doing things all season long, it would not surprise me if that's how they have it on the calendar.
1: It, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at that either. And I'm I am shocked, however, that um, nobody's resting tonight. i uh, I like Justice yeah. Winslow. I thought Winslow was the was the one.
0: They gotta keep it straight. I guess they have to have one game in which they're like nobody's injured. <laughs>
1: so nobody has something to complain May- about.
0: I mean, maybe Winslow gets a gets the Tyus Jones DNP C D tonight, just so they're not on the injury report.
1: That but who knows? That ain't happening. Tyus Jones is his time in Memphis, I think it might might be up.
0: And it's, it's incredible because he's he's so good as a backup point guard. But they, they're they looking like they're going with the more athletic and longer lineup by having justice in uh, playing backup point guard minutes to ja.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm fine with that myself. Yeah. Um, I think it's for today's NBA, I think that, that – Melton and Kyle and Winslow, like they can make the same playmaking decisions that Tyus makes. Um, you know, Tyus might give you a little bit more offense than, than Winslow has been, but just give Winslow some time to continue to find his, his stroke. It's been a long time for him. Um, so I, I think I like the move personally. I know there's a crowd of people that are just dying to get rid of Winslow already, um, but that's not me.
0: I want to see what we we got with them. I mean, again, it's patience. Like that's what the Grizzlies are doing. They're seeing what they got with them, and if they don't like what they have with them. They'll move on from them. You know, if they don't think that he can bring them any, obviously they don't necessarily think of him as being a guy that can bring them anything. You know, in the front court, I mean, maybe they think they can, but they want to see what they have with them in the running right the point. You know, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to best utilize his skill set whether that be – whether that is a backup ball handler or, you know, backup guy that runs – backup big.
1: Well, on his, the yeah, in um, Miami, one of his worst seasons was actually uh, where he played primarily at the four. So, hopefully they saw that, and it doesn't seem like they've really tried that too much with him. Um, so, it'll be, it'll be interesting tonight um, to see how the rotations shape up, who plays with who, I think – you're not, I don't know if they're going to throw Jaron back in the starting lineup yet. If they don't, I still think they try to find ways to get the rotations that they want to see in the future. Um, I find it real interesting that Valanciunas shredded Portland's bench unit with our bench unit, um, the Joe Mellinac special lineup there with Valanciunas as his, you know, his future sixth man of the year. Um, I'd be in, it'd be interesting to see if that's the direction they go in, that Jaron's a starting five and Kyle stays starting at the four splitting up Kyle and, and Winslow permanently and let, let Valanciunas eat with the bench. I just don't know if that's something Valanciunas would want to buy into.
0: Well, I mean, has Jaron played any minutes besides at the five?
1: Nah, no, he has not.
0: He had not played side-by-side uh, side with Tillman yet.
1: I, th- and... I, I want to say they did for like a, a minute or two. Um, but who's to say that Jaron is the four in that lineup?
0: Right. That's that. I mean, that's true. You can pick and choose, I guess, with those two who's the four and the five, but that'll be, that will be interesting. Um, I don't know. Like I wouldn't be against Jonas, uh, coming off the bench if it works, because I mean, he'll just dominate any backup center in the league. Like he, especially on the, I mean, on the defensive end, it won't be as big of a deal either. Um, He won't be as big of a liability because, I mean, let's be honest. Most teams, there's not a huge gap between the starters and the bench, but there still is some. And Jonas will – he would eat all day uh, against Biggs coming off the bench.
1: I don't know if it was just me, but was his rebounding just not completely noticeable yesterday compared to the last couple games where he missed, like – it it just seemed like the rate that he grabs rebounds is just so missed and noticeable when he's not out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's always – and he makes the other big man on the other side work, too. Like, I put in the preview for the Blazers – I did the preview for the Sunday's game, and I said that, you know, with Nurkic, he was just doing whatever he wanted to. He was doing his Jonas impression uh, Friday night, and at least with Jonas out there yesterday, he had to work a little harder. He wasn't able to do his – I mean, he's got a pretty solid game. But, I mean, battling with a guy like Jonas for, I don't know, however many minutes you're in the game, but, like, 25, 30 minutes a game, it wears on you at the end. And Jonas just seems to, like, pick up steam, it feels like.
1: Yeah, so for all the people that, you know, want to rant and rave about Valanciunas and his defense and then want to rightfully – um, praise Tillman for his. Tillman has gotten shredded by Nurkic and Nokic. Um and Valanciunas gave Nurkic a much harder time. Uh, Valanciunas still has his value. Um, I just think it's going to be interesting to see, can they keep Tillman out, because Tillman has been so good. Um, and try finding a, a, a versatile big like that. They can also hit a floater off the dribble. That's nuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, what Jonas can't do on the off on the defensive end, it seems like Tillman does, and vice versa. Like Tillman has trouble with the big guys, like Nurkic and Jokic, but on the switches, like Tillman was going out and guarding McCollum, making you know making things difficult on the perimeter when they were switching, and Jonas has trouble doing that. By the way, friend of the program Rob Fisher tweeted out the starting lineup, and it is the same as it's been. Jonas, Kyle, Dylan, Grayson, Ja. So, no Jaron in the starting lineup still.
1: So, I wonder if they're waiting on a – I guess he was up to 25 minutes last game, waiting until he can get up to the 30-minute mark before they start him. I mean, I don't know.
0: I, maybe. I,
1: Do they dare run the the him off the bench along. for the rest of the season?
0: That's what, I, that's what I was thinking. Like, that might be the plan all along.
1: Oh, man, that would make some of the Memphis media hot.
0: I mean, they're already hot that he rested for uh, <laughs> in- injury management. But we discussed that, and I was like, he's, he's going to rest. Like, it's <laughs> going to happen.
1: And I, I love Brandon Abraham so much because he's so matter-of-fact. <laughs> he basically said, if you thought this wasn't going to happen, you're an idiot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's probably a lot of idiots out there. Yeah.
1: All right, so you mentioned um, the Clippers loss being a bad loss, and I I want to bring up another bad loss, and that was Sean Coleman's take on Dylan Brooks (laughs) being the best player on on the team this year. Um, I was supposed to be on the podcast last week to debate this with him. Uh, Ben was supposed to be the moderator, um, but instead Ben just let him hijack the show full of Dylan Brooks (laughs) propaganda, and, and I'll say it. Dylan Brooks, up until a couple games ago, had a phenomenal stretch of basketball um, where he was playing the way that even the, the biggest Dylan Brooks haters was hoping that he would eventually play. Um, and I, I said it, it was going to be a matter of time, but here we are looking at the Portland offensive games where he – and then it was the Clippers game too. He just saw that Jerry was yeah. back and getting all the attention, and he was just like, here, let me let me revert back to my old ways so I can get some attention. And I, he frustrated the crap out of Damian Lillard for, for the entire game, the last two games. And in the first half of uh, Sunday's game, he was like 0 for 6. And it, t- I, was, I tweeted out, just focus on the defense. Like, if all you did all night long was just piss off Damian Lillard, you've done your job. We don't need you to go out there and, and try to score 20 points. Um, he ended up, I think, having 18 or something like that, uh, or 13 or somewhere around there. He's in the teens. I think it's
0: 16, maybe. I don't know. We he, could throw out all the teams yeah. and we'll be right.
1: He he figured it out in the second half a little bit, but it it just seems like he needs to, to – we're going to see it now. Jaron's back. We're fully healthy. What's his role going to exactly be? But he kept forcing those dumb fadeaway mid-range shots – um, the dribble step back threes and going at the rim with his left hand and, and, and just completely missing them. Um, so to address Sean Coleman <clears throat> and I'll make sure I tag him in the tweet so he can come and listen uh, to my rebuttal. Um, he, he was the best player maybe for a stretch. And, and my argument is, I don't know if you can name one player that's been the best player all season. If I, if I was forced to pick one, Um, it it had to be Valentunas and then Morant would actually be second for me and then probably Kyle third and then Melton's up there but he hasn't played as much so I mean I'm putting all four of those guys up ahead of of Dylan Brooks as far as best player on the team this year Um, he had a stretch where he carried us Um, it was from the Boston game up until about three or four games ago where he was probably one of the top players on the team but for the whole season, it is a ludicrous <laughs> claim that it's, it's almost just like recency bias was just some Kool-Aid that he drank and he could not get it out of his system. There's, there's no way you look at the beginning of the season and say he was the best player at any point in the early part of the season. What I will say is his offensive ability – perhaps has the biggest swing on any game of any team, any player on the team. When he is efficient and he goes for 20 plus, the team is very, very good. When he is inefficient at any point, the team has to overcome that in favor of his defensive abilities. If we don't have to constantly overcome Dylan Brooks, it's a different conversation. But in the first half of the season, it was a lot of Kyle was making up for the the boneheadedness of, of Dylan Brooks. Um, and then wherever Dylan's, you know, shooting stroke was for a year plus, um, it seemed to have found him for a little while as he was supernova Dylan for a couple of games within the last month. But if, if we have to put our finger on it, I would say that you don't name a team MVP or a team best player this year. Like the team has stepped up as a team, like 14 deep, this team has stepped up and, and, next man up mentality and, and done the job. And everybody's had their turn stepping up and, and carrying the team, except maybe Justice Winslow. He's obviously not been all that great. Uh, but there's, there's there's a reason for him. Um, Brandon Clark, something seems up with him and off with him. So maybe he wouldn't be in the conversation. But everybody else has – I mean, Grayson carried us for a time. DeAnthony absolutely carried us for a time. Um, so it's, it's one I, – I need to bring this up. We started the season on the core four podcast and it was me and Sean against Dylan Brooks talking to Parker, Nate, and Connor, the, the Kings of DB Island. And then all of a sudden Sean just feels like he has to have this Nate Chester meteoric flip where (laughs) he has to go from, I don't like Dylan Brooks. I don't think he's good to, Oh, he's the best player on the Grizzlies this year. No, it's okay to recognize his growth, which, I have done and everybody can see he's made, it's obviously improved, but you don't have to make up for lost time and all the times you talk bad about him by making an asinine statement that he's the best player on the team. So that is my rebuttal to the, uh, foolish propaganda that was on my podcast last week.
0: Well, I mean, he had all these stats because you know, I mean, that's Sean, he has all these stats like up, uh, his claim for Dylan. And for me, it, it was a, it was a lot to take in. So a little overwhelming. Like, <laughs> I was like, Hey man, I don't have all these stats, but if I'm going by the eye test, I got to say Jonas, just because like he's been the most consistent. I can agree where uh Dylan has shown he has improved. He has shown the ability as a playmaker, like early on in the season, it seemed like he was kind of turning a new leaf at times. When the shot wasn't falling, he was doing other things. He was getting teammates involved. He was, Dishing out assists, he was getting rebounds, he was doing what he could, and he was also a beast on the defensive end. Uh Friday night, he he had a big third quarter. I mean, him and Ja were just you know on fire in the third quarter, and that was that helped the Grizzlies. Uh, you know, it, it looked like that the Blazers could possibly maybe even try and run away with it because they it looked like they were going to go on a run, and you know, Jenkins would call a timeout, Grizzlies would score. Ja was getting to the bucket, getting to the foul line, which was huge, and then Dylan was just knocking down shots left and right, it felt like. So I can't say that he's been in necessarily a slump, but yesterday was a little, uh, you know, on the offensive side. eh, You know, you can – you want to change the conversation on Dylan, that's fine. But it just seems like the conversation changes surrounding him all the time on what he's, you know, what his – everybody talks about his defense, but it seems like they want to bring up offense every once in a while, like when they play Indiana. And Karis Lavert takes him for a while, you know, takes him for a lot of points. Karis LeVert just owns Dylan Brooks. It just seems the conversation changes sometimes surrounding Dylan Brooks. And, you know, you know me, I'm on, I guess you could say I'm on the fence, but I'm not totally against him. I'm not totally for him. I just think, I just kind of take him for what he is. You know, he's great sometimes. He's not great sometimes. But he's going to give you his all, and he's going to he's going to piss off the other team. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and and I'm all for the Dylan that goes there and pisses off Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum hockey checked him uh, yesterday, like driving down the lane, and Dylan wasn't going to take it, man. Like he was, he was ready to to, you know square up and go. Um, But what I what I wish he'd come to the realization is, all right, my job tonight is to shut down Damian Lillard to piss him off. I, this is going to wear me out, so, you know, I, I need to trust that my team's going to carry me offensively and not try to force, you know, anything on offense, take myself where it comes. Because if you're going to be given that uh, – there's many screens that he has to chase over, he's going to have tired legs. Well, what happens when you have tired legs? You miss shots. Like, that's, that's sh- what happens. Yeah. Your so shot's
0: going to be a little bit flat. It's going to be short. You're going to try and compensate. It's not going to be there.
1: Yeah. And so I just wish he could just like get that in his mind on those games where he's, you know, guarding the, the other team's best player. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's just, you can't always get what you want. Um, That's true. Speaking of that song, i got a funny story for you. I remember one time I was uh, 11 years old or so, maybe, maybe even younger. And my dad said to me, and my brother, he said, y'all, y'all come outside. So we go outside and, uh we we get in the back seat of the car parked in the garage he goes i just want y'all to hear the words of this song and he plays you can't always get what you want and i'm like what (laughs) what are you (laughs) talking about he basically basically called us spoiled brats and we need to stop whining when we don't get everything we want
0: (laughs) Mick jagger giving you uh Give My me life lessons. Life lessons, <laughs> <My> lessons <laughs>
1: with Mick Jagger. That's the that's the guy that I want to learn from.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, him or Keith Richards. Take your
1: a- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. You got any uh, bet the bear for us?
0: I do not have. I have. Uh, I mean, I took the Grizzlies plus four tonight.
1: Wait, we're 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 dogs tonight.
0: Yeah, on the road against Denver. Yeah.
1: So because it's on the road, they usually give three points to the to the home team. So they're saying that yeah, Denver, Denver's a one point favorite over us. Yeah. Well you are gonna be wrong. The Grizzlies are gonna win outright.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I mean I, I that's what I said at the beginning of this podcast. I think the Grizzlies take this one. I have not uh gotten down for the uh the rest of the uh week ahead. I mean they got Portland. And they'll have Portland at home. I'm guessing that, uh, you know, the Grizzlies play better on the road than they do at home. But I'm guessing the Grizzlies will probably be favored. I guess they'll probably be, they'll be favored by about four. And I, might take, I might take the
1: Blazers on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, these games are going to be close. And, uh, I mean, uh, yesterday MGM was offering a sucker bet uh, boost for the Grizzlies to win between one and five points. And you would have felt like a winner the last 10 seconds of the game. (laughs) They won by seven. God.
1: Those those are the kind of bets that make you want to just quit altogether, rage quit.
0: And then they got Orlando a couple games, home and away. I imagine the Grizzlies will be favored in both of those. Uh, Probably – I wouldn't be surprised if they're favored by double digits at home. And then probably by about six, six and a half maybe on the road. And then they got the Red Hot Knicks a week from today.
1: And they're tough at home. Have you noticed just how close the Warriors and the Spurs are behind us? Like San Antonio's a game, and Golden State's like two games behind. Hey, like, how is San Antonio?
0: I mean, paying attention. How is San Antonio? Like, how are they always there? I don't know. And I, I honestly, you mentioned that, and I'm like, huh? I haven't been paying attention to the teams behind the Grizzlies because I've been. Paying attention to Portland and Dallas because that's what it felt like within striking distance. And it's not like the Grizzlies have been playing bad ball. I mean, it's you know, they're man, that's tough.
1: well as like, good as the
0: Grizzlies'.
1: Curry Curry's been out of this world. And yeah, DeRozan DeRozan's had an all star season himself this year. So when you got a star, stuff like that happens.
0: Yeah, and besides Wiseman, it looks like you know the Warriors are getting uh, healthier. You know, Ubre's returned; he missed a few games, he's back. Um, and yeah, but they it, they get the championship pedigree too. You know, those are the two teams that. I guess San Antonio doesn't necessarily have the championship pedigree on the court, but Popovich. I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't count out a San Antonio team.
1: No, you can't, and um, I, I guess I guess I got a little nervous when I saw the standings uh, today and saw how close they were because you know Grizzlies do have a tough schedule. Uh, Steph is Steph, Pop is Pop. Um, You know, I don't. I guess the ten C wouldn't be the worst thing. You're still in the play in. You lose the play in. You know, it's the whole Sean Coleman scenario that another one that was caused a lot of havoc in the the GBB slack conversation, but. If if you do for some reason slip down to the play in um at nine or ten um and you're eliminated, you're in the lottery. And you know, we didn't have second best odds when we got um John Morant. So you, you never know uh what could happen. Yeah, deep
0: draft too. So
1: yeah. So all right, you got any uh anything you want to add before we hop off and get ready to go watch this game?
0: Um yeah, you're going to lose this week
1: oh yes i forgot <laughs> about that all right so it's the final four of the gbb fantasy basketball league and it is me versus ben hogan and uh tev Shakur or tev McMinnis and uh paris sharkey um are facing off on the other side of it so it's the starting five in a, in a showdown and right here in three and d um i'm healthy er I still don't have Boucher. I still don't have De'Aaron Fox, and I still don't have. Uh, I think Jaden Brown came back, but
0: my I, injury. Uh, I'm 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 hurting now. Like I have I have Levine and Oladipo on my IR, and then my other three dudes on the bench are all out. And then I still have two guys in my lineup that are out, and so I'm just trying to weather the storm today because uh, I think I'll be fine. I've actually come out off- today. Yeah, i have come on strong. I mean, I got Ja and Luca, and they've been awesome. And I got uh believe it, I got Julius Randle as well. So yes.
1: That's a strong I have top two three. I have
0: two fancy basketball teams, so I'm trying to keep them straight. But yes, I believe I have Julius Randle too, who has uh been out of this world. He's been all NBA this season. So well getting you know, can...
1: this back has been good for me. Um Darius Garland has been a stud here recently. Steph Curry's been Steph Curry. Um, I just, it's, it's, uh, it just sucks not having and Fox out there and Chris Boucher. They were both uh, top 10 in their position this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I wish I had Levine. I mean, that's really the one I'm missing a lot right now, but, uh, it should be fun. We both, uh, we both handled our business last week and right now, I mean, you, you're up by a hundred on me, (laughs) 117 to 17.
1: I haven't even looked (laughs) at it.
0: Like I got, I got John Luca that haven't played, and Julius Randle, Despite the Knicks being up sixty-three to fifty-six, the half, Julius Randle has five points and two rebounds.
1: So who's going off for me? Bertans. Uh, yeah,
0: I was about, yeah, that guy. Bertans. Garland's <laughs> doing all right, but Gallinari. I mean, you're getting solid. From everybody, I got a couple negatives, which not going to help.
1: Well, that's what you get for having Lori Marketing and Reggie Jackson in your lineup in the first place.
0: Well, what did I just say? I am burning right now. You know what? At least they I would say at least they're playing, but they both have negative one. So maybe I should have just put some <laughs> of my injured guys in there. At least I would have 19 instead of 17.
1: Yeah, they'll figure it out. Um, I got two I got two shout outs. Um, first one is to your wife, Ann Hogan, for finally following me back on Twitter.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, she's she's slow on that uh follow button. Man,
1: I, like I even told my wife, say, Hey, you can go follow Ben's wife. She's she's a good follow on Twitter. She's she's pretty funny. And then like I didn't even realize that she ain't followed me back until I saw Ann Hogan has followed you. I'm like, hey now, <laughs> like what's taking so long?
0: I had a coworker that said the same thing one time was, uh, hey, man, your wife followed me, and then she unfollowed me. What's up with that? I go, I, honestly, I don't know. So I went and asked her. She goes, I thought you said he was leaving, uh, leaving Fox. I go, well, he was, but he decided to come back. She goes, oh, okay. And she went and followed him back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my wife never even gets on Twitter anyways. Like, I don't think she saw that I tagged her in a tweet the other day.
0: She'll, she'll come across it. In about a week, and then she'll, whatever it says, she'll either get mad at you or be like, Why don't you tell me?
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, my other shout out, you know, Twitter, NBA Twitter, you know, you you kind of, I guess, in a way, meet people. Um, w- sometimes you may not ever meet them in person. Uh, but my first national guest, big time guest that I had on this podcast was uh, Jonathan Sharks from The Ringer. Um, and he was very gracious to come on the show when I, when, you know, we're a, a Memphis podcast. We're the third podcast on a, on a you know, SB Nation uh, network, but he was very gracious to come on. He is a phenomenal guest to have one of the, just uh, from what I can tell from listening to him uh, on the ringer and from having him on here and just having, I've had conversations with him outside of here uh, through text message, just a, a genuine guy, a good guy. Um, Charts announced today on Twitter that he was diagnosed with cancer um And so um, he's he's a young guy he's got I believe two kids um, and that's that's a blow that nobody wants to to take uh, and news that nobody really knows how to handle. Um, I, and I've noticed on, on Twitter the NBA uh, world has really surrounded him um, and just reached out to him. Um, so if you're listening and, and you follow sharks, you know just just give him a shout or uh, just you know pray for his family. Um, I am. Uh, a, a minister myself and uh, it's something that I'm going to make sure that I, that I do uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to pray for him and then not do it um, just we want nothing but the best for him and his family um, if, we, if we catch wind of any way that we can help his family we'll pass that information along um, I know that GBB is going to step up and, and help as well if we can So, um, Jonathan uh, if, if you do end up listening to this at some point uh, man, we're rooting for you. Uh, you're going to crush it. And, uh, we, uh, I guess include us on your journey so we can, we can follow along with you and, and, um, uh, just, I guess, be up to date and, uh, keep praying for you. So Ben, anything you want to throw in there?
0: No, I mean, I, you, you said it all pretty much. I mean, he, early on, uh, the days of the ringer, I was working with Eric and he would come on the show every once in a while he was gracious with his time. He was a great guest. And, you know, I, I I appreciate that. I mean, I don't know him, I guess, as well as you do. We, you know, we talked a little bit, but not, not that much, but anytime you hear about something like that, you just, you, you feel for them, you feel for their family. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that we still don't know why for some, some of these things. And that's the hardest part of it all. And like you said, if, you know, if anything comes out about helping out his family, or his cause or anything, you know, we'll pass along. And, you know, Grizzly Bear Blues will definitely step up if his family needs it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, we are minutes away from tip-off in, in Denver. Uh, same starting lineup. So, uh, first time it's healthy. So we'll, uh, we'll be back next Monday night, hopefully to talk about a, another winning week of Grizzlies basketball. Uh, make sure you go and bet the bear because they cover the spread more often than they don't. Um, just don't get mad at us when it goes the other way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben, I'll see you next week.
0: All right. Sounds good. All right.